people would buy a two thousand dollar all, all you know all in cost for an alarm system you know over payments right in order to get this hundred dollar two hundred dollar gift today right so that that was kind of realizing wait if i give them something that they want they'll, they'll buy something they need So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui. I'm super excited to interview Don Winter. I got to see Don speak live at our, our GoBundance event in Colorado just a couple weeks ago. And the and I reached out to him to see if I could get him on here to share some of that knowledge and stuff with you guys. Don, how's it going? It is going great. Thank you so much for having me on here today. Yeah. Where, where do you live? Uh, St. Augustine, Florida, just south of Jacksonville, Northeast Florida. How long have you lived out there? Uh, six, seven years now. Originally from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's a lot different than Pennsylvania. I it is. It I've, is. Been, I've been out to St. Augustine. And this year, have you seen just an influx of people heading out to St. Augustine? Yeah, last year, I don't know this year if the data is out yet, but last year, St. John County, the county I live in, was the fastest growing county in America. So yeah, tremendous, tremendous growth. Of course, mainly from uh, colder climates, uh, moving, on, moving on down here. Uh, that trend's been going on for a while, but it's accelerated through, through COVID for sure. Yeah. So the, we're going to get into Don's story about kind of all of his businesses. So much of it started in real estate, you know, as an agent out there doing the hard stuff that we try to teach. And he's been able to grow that and build it into this giant business that is all over the news for these crazy transactions. Before we jump into that, though, I realized right before we hit record, we both are soccer coaches. So tell me about your soccer team, Don. <laughs> So, so I, I, I can't claim I'm a great soccer coach. I have two boys who are eight and nine years old. And uh, so I coach soccer for them kind of uh, out of uh, pressure from the coaching organization. I never played soccer. I, I also coach their football and their basketball, which are sports that I actually know something about and have a passion. But soccer has been a lot of fun. I play, I've done more soccer the last six months than my whole life with my kids. And it's, it's been actually a lot of fun. Um, it's been, been pretty, pretty cool. When we moved out to Texas, my daughter, you know, you never know how important it is, right? We moved out to Texas and I was telling my girls, all right, we got to get you signed up for a soccer team again, because I had coached the same team, the same girls for lots of years. And that was one of the saddest parts about moving is what are we going to do about leaving our team behind? Because I started coaching these girls when they were five and six years yep. old. And they're like, we're only going to play if you're the coach, dad. Like, <laughs> we, like we couldn't actually play for anybody else. And so it is. That is a special fun moment. It was, I also, I had, I remember one Saturday when uh, both the teams kind of won or we hit a goal or something. And I remember just saying, man, if I could get paid to coach, you know, eight year old girl soccer, I would never do anything else in the world because coaching kids is such a, uh, it is awesome. such a challenge, such a benefit. We'll make sure that you get to, uh, to soccer practice on time. Let's, uh, so big picture as we jump into things. So right now, DLP Capital, you're out of St. Augustine, Florida. You guys do investments, you do lending, you do development. You've got a real estate brokerage still. Am I, what am I missing and am I summarizing it right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, DLP Capital, you know, at our, at our core, we're a, we're a private, you know, investment management company that focuses on housing. So 
as you said, so that's a lot of arms to what we do. We call them departments or divisions. So from real estate brokerage, which, yeah, we've sold 2,100 homes last year. We've been top 10 Wall Street Journal, I think, eight straight years. So, yeah, we still do that. That was our first business, lending, you know, direct acquisitions, equity partnerships, property management, construction management, development, title, loan servicing, you know, number of business, about 15 different arms that make up DLP Capital today, but all revolves around housing. Yeah. So the, but you said you started as an agent. When did you, when did you become an agent? October, 2006, which was at least in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where I grew up that month was the peak of the real estate market. So it was a great time to get my, my license and uh, get started. Uh, I was still in college at the time, but that's when I, when I got started and it kind of took off real, real fast from there. Yeah. I remember those times, 2005, 2006 peak of the market. I was on the West coast at that time. I was a, uh, so let's see, I think 05 is probably when I graduated in construction management and started uh, running a home builder in, in Southern California. I had done a couple of years before that, but yeah, that was around the peak. And for my experience, I was out there and when it first started, it was like these unfair expectations of what life was going to be because we we're getting paid a lot of money to build houses, but we were also like golfing and it was like, it was so easy. And then quickly within a couple of years, I had this crazy awakening that it's not going to be all that easy. So you got licensed in the peak. Was it hard to get your first deal? Yeah, it was an interesting time. So for me, you know, I didn't really experience all of that. You know, October 2006 was the peak. So like literally market started slowing down, right? Like, you know, homes weren't selling fast. People went from thinking it was a super hot market to, to all of a sudden realizing, wait a second, like, you know, more than half the homes that hit in the market aren't selling. But, you know, my uh, quick story. So I was, I was in college going to Drexel University, thought I was going to be a financial advisor. Um, that's what I thought I was going to do from eighth grade on because they made more money than doctors, lawyers, accountants. And uh, I grew up, you know, uh, with very limited means. So I thought, man, that's what I'm going to do. I'm entrepreneurial. I'm great at math. That's what I'm going to do. And I took a job, you know, knocking on doors, selling alarm systems in college, uh, sort of by mistake. And that gentleman who, who I worked for selling alarm systems, I became the top rep in the sale, top sales rep in the country for ADT security. And the guy who owned that dealership, he was a Keller Williams real estate agent. And so it's 2006 and I'm coming over to his house on a Friday afternoon. He's cutting me my check for 5,000 bucks for my two weeks commissions or 7,000 bucks. I was, I was making um, on average $7,000 every two weeks as 19 years old selling alarm systems. So it was pretty good. But I start seeing these 17,000, these $22,000 commission checks that he had from his real estate sales at Keller, as a Keller Williams agent in the peak of the market, right? And I'm like, what, what's that all about? And uh, he said, well, if you can sell alarm systems knocking on doors, you can sell real estate. You should get your real estate license. So I literally didn't sleep. Uh, and I'm only slightly exaggerating for two or three weeks, took my classes online, took my exam. And then the next day I flew out to a Craig Proctor conference and uh, I implemented the guaranteed sale program. Your home sold guaranteed or I'll buy it. So I started blasting that on Craigslist when Craigslist was a brand new thing. We were doing the newspaper ads, the banded ads when that was still a thing, you know, digital marketing just was starting really. And then we started doing radio right out of the gates. Um, so I started, you know, kind of pushing this guarantee really heavily. And, but still to your, your point, I got my license in October. My first sale took me to May. Um, but that month I had five, the next month I had 15. And, you know, from the, from my first sale for the next eight months of that year, I, I closed about 80 sales. Um, made 250000 my first year and was off and, off and running. I think what's also something that's really impressive in there is how well you were doing selling alarm systems. I mean, that goes to maybe what life was like in 2005 and 2006. Like, economy's booming. Everybody's making lots of money by house. Everybody that owns a house felt like they were making money every day just by owning their house before 
the peak happened, but the it, it didn't. That- it didn't feel that way. At least when alarm sale, alarm sale was still a tough business. So, so my my math was one in every fifty one doors I sold an alarm system to. One in every fifty one doors that opened their door, I sold an alarm system to. Right. So I just knocked on a lot of doors. I don't think I was that particularly good. I did come up with some some good strategies. So, like example, nobody wants an alarm system, right? Like everybody knows they need it or thinks they should have it, but nobody wants to pay for it, right? So I started walking around with uh, uh, an iPod back when iPods were a thing in one hand and a Nintendo Wii in the other hand. And I'd walk to people's doors and I'd say, hey, I'm part of ADT Special Promotions. And we have these last two giveaways here and for, for somebody who buys an alarm system today. So when I started doing that, people would buy a $2,000 all, all, you know, all in cost for an alarm system you know, over payments, right? Um, in order to get this $100, $200 gift today, right? So... That, that was kind of realizing, wait, if I just give them something that they want, they'll, they'll buy something they need, right? And, and so did things like that, but wasn't particularly good, but, but mastered the door-to-door, you know, where it was, you know, you knock on the door and you say, hey, I want to AT security. We're having these special promotions. Let me come in and tell you about it. And you put your head down. You don't even let them talk and you stop your feet and walk in, right? You don't even let them give you a chance to say no, right? You learn the things to get in the door and, and, and uh, but, but you know, it was a lot of, knocking a lot of doors. Still, people didn't really want an alarm system, and even in 2006, 2005, people didn't really like people knocking on their door. But um, but it was it was a fun job for sure. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick commercial break. So during 2020 and 2021, the real estate market completely changed. There's so much competition in the market. So many people trying to buy and sell houses, but there's hardly any supply. Hardly any product hardly anyone willing to list their homes. It's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house. We've got a new website. Go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes. You'll set up your own URL, set up phone numbers, help go through the leads, help reach out to people that aren't listing their pro- their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, hey, I want to sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up and you'll list it for $220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers. Tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents, it's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site so buyers will start reaching out to you, asking you to make an offer on their home. Dude, that's fascinating. Give somebody something they want and they'll buy something that they that they need or that they, or something they need that they don't want. Yeah. But a way... I was at a sales conference once. The uh, or it, was a, it was a digital marketing conference. And this guy's talking about, hey, we're going we're gonna to teach you guys how to do Facebook ads. And it's the same thing. You're going to come to my office for two days. And it's a $4,500 conference for these two days. And everybody's sitting there. And you know, he's like, and you can do it in payments. You could do 400 bucks a month for the payments. Still, and he, go sign up in the back. Nobody does. And he says, and I have 12 rose gold iPads back there that have been preloaded with the course. And so the yep. first 12 that sign up, get that iPad. And like 50 people ran back there. And even the person in the back of the line was going to go say like, can I still get an iPad too? Like, I'll, I'll, like, I know you already gave away 12, but if you're willing to give them that deal, 
will you give me another iPad? And it's that's one of the first times I got to see firsthand that example. But the but doing it in door to door sales, it's like, hey, I've got a yeah, I've got a Nintendo. What what do you guys want for it? <laughs> but the so you start going into real estate right away. Now, right after you got licensed, you went to a like a mastermind training conference. Yep. That's totally abnormal. I didn't learn that until I had gone broke like three times that I needed to find. <laughs> like I'd done really well and gone broke and gone really well. And after like my third go to zero after having a, a million bucks was then I joined a mastermind, like Go Abundance, where we met. And that was my first time of saying like, oh, maybe I can learn from others. How did you know to go to a, like a mastermind or a training conference when you just started? Yeah, I mean, part of it is just, you know, I'd say, you know, I've I always had a kind of mindset early, like, you know, especially in real estate, it's one of the things that attracted me to real estate is, look, there's a million people doing the same job, right? Like there, there's not a, a business that there's more people doing it than anything else, any other profession in the, in the, in the world, right? And, or at least in the country. And it's like, well, there's at least a few, right, who are doing it well, right? Um, so I don't need to be the, you know, figure everything out and reinvent everything. I just got to find people who know what they're doing. So I've always just kind of had that mindset, like, if I'm willing to go find somebody who knows what they're doing, it's gonna be a lot easier than trying to, you know, learn, learn myself. And, but, you know, going to that specific conference, it was literally like, you know, somebody told me about it. I, I don't know where exactly I heard it. And it was like in Arizona. And it was, you know, uh, somebody said, hey, this is a really cool conference, you're gonna learn a lot about marketing. And I was, you know, 20 years old. And all right, why not? So um, it just worked out coincidentally that the, when I booked it, you know, a week or two out, like I got my license that that day before, flew out on a Friday and learned about the unique selling proposition, right? Having a having a marketing message, having something that's different that makes you stand out, and it was like you know, came up with the the your home sold and the time it was sixty eight days guaranteed or or I'll buy it, and it was a, it was a good good message. Still doesn't do you any good unless you get that message out there, but um, but learn the kind of fundamentals. And so yeah, it was definitely some some good luck to go out and do that right away and. And learn to kind of hit the hit the pavement uh, quickly. Yeah, the I love I love that as a strategy. Like finding your your message, your unique message, and even your stories about Craigslist. Even when we were selling new homes, we would go on there. It was amazing how much like Craigslist used to be almost like the original social media. Like you would scroll through there just to see what people were posting, just to see what people were talking about. Like and now we scroll through Zillow before we were scroll, scrolling through Craigslist. Exactly. One of the cool things you just made me think of. So, so I started doing Craigslist again, Craigslist, and this is 2006, right? Early 2007, like it's a new thing. And so I was, you know, spamming the heck out of Craigslist, right? And, you know, fighting their different algorithms over the years they put to try to stop you from doing that. But I was just posting houses that weren't even my listings, right? I'm just posting them on there to get leads. And then I'm posting your home sold guaranteed or I'll buy it in the for sale home sections. And people are flagging them and having them reposted all the time. And, you know, I'm fighting it. But anyway, it's working, right? And it's free. It's just doing the work, right? Uh, it's time, right? You had, but it doesn't cost anything. So how I really got learned a lot and how I, my, one of the big things that helped my, my real estate brokers really take off is once I learned how to do this and, and sell homes for free on Craigslist, what I started doing, I was reaching out to some of the other top Keller Williams agents in the country at the time. And one of the cool things, I don't know if Keller Williams still does this, but at the time they had this uh, crystal reports, I think it was called, where you could see how much money everybody else in the company in the country made. So you could see who was really successful, right? Because what's the real estate agent like? How many homes did you sell last year? They take their best month, multiply it by two, and extract it over twelve, right? Right. Uh, so in 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 Keller Williams, you could see who was actually successful. So what I started doing is just saying I found whoever in the market who was the top guy, who was the guy selling more than anybody, right? And I started reaching out to him and just saying, hey, you know, my name's Don. Nobody wanted to talk to me. I was twenty one years old and been in real estate a year, right? I can show you how to sell a hundred homes for free on Craigslist, right? People wanted to let me come talk to them, right? So I must have went and met with 20 people in 20 cities over six months. 
And I went there and I walked them through this play by play of how you, how you do this and showed, showed their staff how to do it. But then I'd have four pages of questions for them, right? Well, how are you doing this? How are you doing that? How do you structure this? How do you compensate your agents? You know, you know, and they, you know, and probably because like, like all of us, right. Who've once you have some other success, when you see somebody else who's hungry and motivated and really curious, you know, you're willing to give them time. So built a lot of relationships that way. And that got me invited into other mastermind groups and stuff. But, uh, but that going and offering to give something first, instead of just reaching out, because I'm sure you get it. I get lots of people constantly hitting me up. Hey, can you tell me how you did this? And just wanting something, right? But I went, didn't want to go reach out to them. If I would send them four pages of question, I would have got you know, no response back. But by saying, hey, I got something to give to you, uh, that would get them to want me to come to them and, and talk with them. And, and then I'd you know, uh, pull knowledge from them as well. And I was really powerful in speeding up the learning curve. That's like showing up with the Nintendo Wii. Right. It's, it's, it's a similar thing. Like, Hey, let me help you. But you targeted and you said, these are the people that I really want to get. These are the people I want to learn from. How can I seriously add value in their life? What's a niche that they might not know about yet. You reach out to add that value and then you get to be next to them. And I think real estate is what's been fascinating for me the last, you know, five, six, seven years, finally getting into like a mastermind slash mentor, like this whole idea that people are willing to help each other succeed because it's fun, because it adds, adds value. Because deep down, like I remember growing up just thinking, no, you got to keep your secrets to yourself. But what our podcast is so much about, is like, come on and share your best secrets ever. When I released my, my book on how to buy foreclosures, right? It has every secret I ever had at auction in it. And I had so many people reach out to me afterward and they were like, why did you do that? Why are you telling everyone? I don't get it. Like, are you, are you giving up? Why would you tell everybody all of your secrets, all of your methods? Because trustee sales was such a secret industry. No one would teach anybody how to do it, but it is that mindset of like, people like seeing other people succeed. So I just, this is a while back and you've gone through a few life changes since then, but what advice would you give yourself as that first year agent? You know, so I think the what what I would tell myself to do, which we did do pretty fast, but I probably would advise myself to do even faster, is is attract great people within my my organization. So, um, and I and I think most real estate agents, you know, when I was you know young in my career and and you know and and young in age as well, um, uh, you know, I you know we started doing like lots of short sales as an example, and you know in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, we were doing all these short sales. I remember how many conversations I'd have with old agents and I, and I don't say it in any respectful way who would say, you know, what is this? Right. And well, it's, it's contingent upon this, the bank approving it. Right. No, my buyer is already pre-approved. What are you talking about? No, this is the seller's bank. The seller owes more than that. You can't do that. I would talk to attorneys and they would tell you, you can't do this. Right. Cause we were, we were doing it before there was even a term for it. We we're like, there's gotta be a solution. And I'd have so many agents. And, I, and, the, and the thing that I still joke about now that so many agents who'd been in this business forever would say to me is, you don't know what you're talking about. I've been doing this for 25 years, right? And, I, and I'd always think to myself, I'd, I was usually too polite to say this, but I think, no, you haven't. You've been doing this for one year times 25 times, right? You've done the same thing for 25 years. You got one year's experience done 25 times, right? And most real estate agents never get beyond being a single agent, doing the same thing, running around with home buyers, right? Year after year after year after year after year after year, right? So, um, you know, when I started doing this, this type of marketing and started having some success, I realized very quickly that, hey, I need some, I need some help. And so I did what a lot of, I think, good agents at a Keller Williams do is you grab an unsuccessful agent out of the office and you say, hey, come help me. Right. And um, so I grabbed a, a young lady in my office and said, hey, I, I'll give you a part time job. 
by the end of the first week, she was working 60 hours a week. Three weeks later, I had two full-time assistants. Two months later after that, I had three. That took me about five, six months in the business to hire the first one. And then I had three quickly. And then about three, four months later, I hired two buyer's agents. And so by the end of the first year, I had five people. Um, but looking back, you know, as I've hired a lot of people, we have 450 full-time team members today. Um, every time I look back on my growth and say, I should have hired better talent faster, right? I shouldn't have hesitated. I, I shouldn't have waited. I should have done it uh, even, even faster. And uh, never, never, ever, ever been a point where we've made a, a hired a great person. We say, man, we shouldn't have hired a great person. We weren't ready for it yet, right? Uh, it's always going to bring value. Real Estate Rockstars, before this next commercial break, I just want to say thank you for listening to the podcast and thank you for listening to the commercials that we put in here. This is how we're able to push the podcast to you. This is how we can make sure that we publish so much content and keep providing value. So here we go from one of our sponsors, Rent Ready. All right, guys, we got to be honest here. You've heard so many of the Rent Ready ads over the past really nine to 12 months as they've been one of our flagship sponsors for so much of the stuff that we're doing. You know, Rent Ready is a property management software, and we've told you about this truly working to elevate the entire renting experience for landlords and tenants. But this time, this isn't just a boring old podcast ad. I'm not sure how many episodes we're going to run this on, but it's not just to help you maintain and screen tenants and run leases. This podcast ad is actually a secret. So this month, Rent Ready is releasing a game-changing feature that will help you save a whole lot of time and headache when it comes to crunching numbers on your rentals. I don't even know what it is yet. They wanted me to start doing this and said, so while I can't share it yet, make sure that you stay tuned to the Rockstars podcast for that surprise reveal because we'll have it on good authority that Rent Ready will be letting our listeners know that once top secret feature is ready. So in the meantime, if you're looking to get started on Rent Ready's powerhouse of a platform, I use it for a lot of my stuff. Get signed up, save 50% off on any Rent Ready plan using our special code, Rockstar. 50. So that's 50% off any rent-ready plan when you sign up using our code ROCKSTAR50 at rentready.com. It's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com using the code ROCKSTAR50 for 50% off any of them. And again, listeners, I got to say thank you for listening to our sponsor ads. And if you have any interest at all in trying you know, any property management software, we appreciate it when you go check out our sponsors, especially the ones where I'm telling you about it myself. I had a contractor a month or two ago tell me I've been a contract as he's, he's yelling at me so frustrated because he sent a quote for a remodel. And I was like, dad, it's like it's way out of the budget for what I was expecting. He told me I've been a contractor for 25 years. And I love that idea that the reality is now he's been, he had the, like the mindset hadn't changed in 25 years and the world changes all the time. Like half the jobs available right now weren't invented two or three years ago. I don't know if it's half, but like a lot of the jobs today weren't invented and there were jobs that were important in February of 2020 that don't exist now and that they will continue to not. So you've, that's great advice. You wish you would have scaled faster. It's impressive how quickly you scaled, but it also explains how you've been able to kind of accomplish so much. I want to tell you a quick, so, quick story on that. Um, so one of the coolest things I think I did early in my career that I, I've told this to many people and masterminds and such, and very few people. I bet you when I tell you this, even though you know a million realtors and have been in this, an expert in the space for a long time, I bet you this may be a new concept to you. But I feel like I've told this so many people and so few have done it, but it was so powerful for our early success and still to this day. And we do this really across kind of all of our businesses, but we started in brokerage. So 
I like many, once I started having a certain level of success and had more leads and more, you know, people wanting to go look at houses than I had time, right? That's the tough thing of working with buyers, right? It's time intensive, driving around, showing people houses. I started realizing that I had a huge percentage of the time, especially when I would act as a pop tart agent, as we call it, right? Where you pop out and you just show a home. Somebody says, Hey, I want to go see one, two, three Main Street. You say, Sure, happy to show it to you. And you pop out and show them one, two, three Main Street, right? Um, they don't like it. You know, if they don't like the home, you just wasted time. You probably didn't pick up a buyer and, and you know, spent two hours between driving, turning the lights on, you know, all that fun stuff, right? So, so anyway, so I started realizing like I have more people who want me to ride, drive around and show them houses than I have time to do that. How do I increase the success rate that they're actually going to buy a home um, and buy a home with me, right? Because there's nothing worse as a real estate. I remember back when that person does go buy a home and you follow up with them and they say, oh, great news, Don. I just bought a home. And they want you to be happy for them, right? But you didn't buy it with me. And I took you around and showed you houses, you know, four times, right? Yeah. Um, so what we started doing, um, and I didn't have a system to this. I'd, I'd never heard of it before. I just said, there's got to be a better way. So, so I started having agent or, uh, home buyers come to my office before we look at homes, right? So the agents have done that before. We call them CEDO appointments, come into the office appointments. Uh, so we'd say, hey, before we can go out and look at homes, come on into the office. That way we can make sure, you know, we, we understand really what you're looking for. And a lot of the best deals, you know, sell before they even hit the market. We want to make sure we're getting you access to all the right homes, right? So it's a little bit of a sales pitch to get them to come to your office, especially if your office is out of the way, right? But anyway, so we get them to come into the office, which is harder, takes a little bit more guts and confidence to, to do that versus saying, sure, I'll hop out and show you a home whenever you want, right? But then the real magic, and we've developed this further today, but the real magic is, so probably like a lot of people, you know, we would do, you know, we'd go through a consumer notice and we would do a buyer agency agreement, right? And every state's a little different how this stuff works, but um, we do this buyer agency agreement and typical buyer agency agreements say, hey, I'm going to be your realtor. And if I, you buy a home, you have to pay me, right? And so what we, what we started doing is I'd go through the buyer agency agreement and show it and I'd say, all right, great. So now all we need to do to get started is I just need a cap, it just need a check or a credit card for $495. And that fee will be applied to the purchase of your home. And you're only going to pay this fee one time. So would you prefer to do check or credit card? And people would say, oh, okay. Um, what, what do you do? Do you have your checkbook on you, honey? Um, we'll do a credit card, right? And I'd fill out the form 495 bucks. So I started doing that three or four times a day. So I started having three or four people a day come in. I'd walk away with two grand without selling a home, right? If on four people. And then I'd send them out with one of my one of the other agents that I brought on my team and they'd go look at homes. And all of a sudden what started happening is we started going from around a 20 to 30% conversion rate of a person we showed a home to buying a home with us to over 90%, right? Because once they paid that $495 fee, when they go and look at a home and they get back in their car, the question anymore wasn't, or, ah, do we want to buy a home? I don't know. We could really remodel our ba basement and I don't know, you know, changing schools to now they get in the car and they say, all right, do we want to buy this home or should we look for more, right? They're buying a home. They've already committed. They're doing it and they're doing it with you. So it's been incredibly probable. Today we call it the Elite Preferred Buyer Program. And it's actually $697 up front. It's $697 when you go under contract. And then the really cool thing then on top of that, it's a 5% buyer agency commission. Uh, not 5% total, five to us. So it's made it much more profitable as well to show homes, um, but it gets people committed. That's the big deal. And they buy homes with us over 90% of the time. How do you have the, so I think it's a great idea when they're coming in. It's like, hey, if you're serious, go ahead and pay this now, you know, we'll, we'll credit it back or, or you know, they're, they're making sure they're committed. So you're not showing houses to people that aren't committed. Because I know there was plenty of times we were, you know, walking through open houses and looking around, you know, years before we were ever going to buy because it was fun. Yeah, I, I had flipped hundreds of houses before I ever owned in one. I lived. I was always renting houses because I I didn't want to 
every house I looked at was an asset. So I was always renting houses and then buying and selling other ones. So the, I would have been one of those like looky loos that the, someone would have said, write the check. I'd be like, you know what? Don't show me the house. It's fine. I don't know if I'm ready yet, but how do you have the conversation to get a 5%, you know, like, Hey, and we're awesome. So we're so awesome. You're going to pay us here. And then we're going to get a bigger commission. Some's going to get paid by the seller. Some's going to get paid by you. Like the, how does that conversation happen? You, you already started it there for me. So yeah, it was a little, hey, it's 5%. Again, you think about, it, we all know this is real estate agents, what's normal. So the average client doesn't really know, right? People think when you, especially they've been on the seller side, well, commissions are five or 6%, right? So more often than not, it's not even a conversation. But it is a conversation say, look, yes, it's a 5% fee, but we negotiate on your behalf to get the seller to pay uh, most, if not all of this fee, right? So let's say this, the agents, you know, the, the listing agent's paying out two and a half percent co-broke, right? We first- First pl- attempt is you go and you put a higher commission into the contract, right? You 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 put a, an addendum saying I want five percent or four percent or whatever, right? Um, if they knock that and they don't agree to it, and sometimes you know with with good prepping with the agent, you can convince them to do that. And you'll get agents right who say, well, I'm not even getting that much. Why, why would you get that? You know, you know, you get all that stuff, right? Um, and you know, scripting to it. And then if I can't get it, usually what happens with a six percent seller's assist is the buyer can't use all that six percent, so you take some of it out of the seller assist. So it's paid on the buyer side, but it's out of their seller assist. So it doesn't come out of their pocket. And the really cool thing is we don't usually get 5% at the end of the day, but let's say they're offering two and a half. We may get an extra 1%. And now we look, we look like we're helping the client. We say, hey, good news here. So I got the seller to pay three and a half percent out of our 5% commission. And I've talked to, I've talked to, our, to, to Don or I've talked to our broker and we've decided we're going to go ahead and waive the additional one and a half percent you would normally have to pay, right? Wow. Now, not only did we earn more, but we just gave them more value than they paid for. And they're thankful and appreciative about it. Right. So there's there's definitely nuance to it. Right. Like an example, I believe and I believe for a lot of reasons this way should be is I don't believe, you know, even pre-COVID don't have the seller and the buyer in the same closing room. Right. Keep them separate. And you don't want your client sitting in there with the other agent. The other agent may say, I can't believe your your agent charged you an extra one percent. That's that's, you know, you know, avoid that stuff. Right. So, uh, so there's some, some, you know, there's some, some process to it, but those are kind of the high levels and, and it's been incredibly powerful. We average to this day in this incredibly hot market, we're in no different market, I promise, than you're in, in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. That's where we run our real estate brokerage. We average a 3.7% commission per side. So, you know, market average is two, four. We average three, seven, 50% more than market average. So we're not getting five every time on either side, but we're getting 50% more than, than the average agent is. Yeah, and I bet a bunch of people are going to be reaching out to your team for advice on that. Right now, it's the, it's the time of the year and the season where people are having to battle to keep their commissions, where the argument is way more like, hey, can I get you to list this for less? And, you're, and your yep. answer would be no, but you can get us to list it for more. And here's yep. why. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars listeners. This is a commercial break, but this is a quick commercial break for you guys. See, have any of you ever wanted to host your own podcast. Many of you guys thought about launching a podcast, but it seemed overwhelming, didn't quite know what to do. You know, something that we're thinking about launching right now or something that we're, you're starting to launch right now, I don't know how many people we're going to help with, is we want to find listeners like you that want to launch their own podcast. It seemed a little bit overwhelming on what to do next. And we're going to start a service where we're going to help you guys figure out how to schedule your podcast, how to do the interviews, our back-end team will do everything that we do for the Real Estate Rockstars podcast. We will edit the show for you. We will publish it. We will help you with your social media. 
and your images to really grow it. So I think our plan right now is you know three or four podcasts a month for up to three or four podcasts a month. The cost will be between 500 bucks and a thousand bucks a month to help you guys publish and launch your own podcast. So if that's something you're interested in, be sure to reach out to us. Go find me on Instagram. Send me a message on there. It's at Aaron Muchistake. All right, back to the podcast. Just two more quick questions. I know we're just flying through here and, and I know you got to get out of here pretty soon. So the you've been scaling your team. What If you're going to give someone one or two tips on hiring, like the you know, what, what are they? Whether it's, I have hired great people. I have hired bad people. I have spent so much time hiring at sometimes and given up. I've had other times where right away I go, wow, I'm so shocked that person, I thought they were going to be perfect and they're not. There's all sorts of things we can learn as you've grown this big team. What are just one or two tips uh, you would give somebody about hiring? Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to have to take this more of a, can take me a minute or two here. Cause I, I, this is a hot topic for me. So, so the number one, the number one place I've spent my time for the last eight years has been on hiring. Um, so I average six interviews a week. We hire as a company about 30 people a month. So I don't interview most today, but I, I do a lot of interviews. The number one allocation of my time is on hiring. Number two is on leadership development. Hopefully soon those two are going to flip-flop, but I spend a lot of time on hiring. It's a, it's a big deal. And the, the whole concept, and, I, and I'm just going to give a sort of a, self, a little bit of a plug here. So, so I wrote a book recently called Building an Elite Organization, The Blueprint of Scaling a High-Growth, High-Profit Business. And we detail our hiring process step-by-step in, in incredible detail in this book. And uh, it's something we've done a really, really great job of. So the, but, uh, but I'll hit on a few of the highlights. So first really important place that most people fall short on is first figuring out who, what you're trying to hire for. And that sounds really simple, um, but we've developed a tool. We call it an R-R-E-K. That stands for Role, Responsibility, Expectation, and Key Numbers. So before we ever hire somebody, we define the role, we define the responsibilities. What are the things the person's going to do? And the expectations, what are the results we expect from that person? What is this person going to be accountable for specifically, measurably? What are they going to be accountable for? What are the key numbers this person's going to own? And believe it or not, by figuring that out first, understanding what would success be in this person I'm going to hire dramatically will change the hiring process, probably who you hire and the success that person is going to have. So that's the first thing we start with. That's step one, figuring out who you want to hire. Step two, so that's the place most people fall down first. Let's say you do that well. Now, the next step you got to do is you got to create the job ad. Most people don't even do that. So people all the time I hear say, oh, Don, I'm really struggling to find good people. And I say, great, what are you doing to hire people? Nothing, right? We're all doing a lot to find deals and find clients, but what are you doing to find people? Or do you have job ads posted? Well, no. What do you think? People are just knocking on your door because you're a nice guy. Like um, I hear all the time, oh, I'm in a small market. I grew first eight years of our company. We grew our company in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I promise you it's not the hotbed of talent, right? So uh, we had to first determine who we're hiring. Then create a job ad. Now, let's say you do those two things well. That sounds, got it done, right? Now you got to post the job ad, right? A lot of people don't even do that. All right, now you posted the job ad. You clearly identified and it's an art to writing good job ads. You can go to our website, dlpcapital.com and click you know, careers and you can see our job ads. very different than most. Then once we post the job ad, it's now when resumes start coming in, actually reviewing them and responding to them, right? Sounds, sounds small, but a lot of people don't do that. I talk to busy leaders and they're getting hundreds of resumes and they're not even having time to look at them, right? All right, so now you look at them, you put people into, we call it screening. Our screening process consists of, we have somebody interview themselves on a video. We use an app called Spark Hire where they do an interview of themselves. It's really cool. We've been doing it for probably 10 years now. We use a predictive index tool where we have them do a behavioral assessment and a cognitive assessment. 
And before we interview them, I kind of skip this detail. We figure out what is the behavior, what's the profile of who we're looking to hire for, and what's the cognitive, the processing speed they need to have. And based on the job, it's, it's different. So then when people come across, we can see, hey, do they have the right behavioral match? Are they, uh, you know, are they, you know, personable? Are they a, a driving high A personality? Are they, do they have the organizational and process uh, attention to detail skills, you know, based on the job? And do they have the processing speed? Can they move fast enough? And if you're in an entrepreneurial small company, one of the biggest tips I can give you is hire smart people. And in a, in a, in a proven established company, you can have people with lower cognitive abilities do really well. So that's what you want. If you just want them to follow a step-by-step -step process every day, you actually don't want really smart people. But if you are changing things constantly, you don't have a lot of structure. You need people who can process lots of new stuff quickly and like it. So you need high cognitive ability. Um, so, so now you have people come across, they, they do a video interview, you like them, you think they're a good fit, they match behavior-wise, they have the processing speed, then there's an art to how you interview. And one of the best books to that is a book called Top Grading. It's how you, you interview and make sure you're hiring people. We, we, on average, interview frontline people, four rounds of interviews, including panel interviews. They do works, case studies before we hire them. We put them in the field with us. We'll spend 40 to 50 hours with, with uh, a candidate who gets through the process, as well as 10, 20, 30 hours of people we don't hire um, to decide who we're going to hire. So kind of the old saying, hire slow and fire fast, you know, really take the time to evaluate the right people. If you can't spend 40 hours, you think that's way too much time to hire somebody, this is somebody you're expecting to spend 40, 50 hours a week with for the next 10 years, right? If you do your job well. So we put a lot of focus, a lot of attention to it and it, and it pays off. I love that, man. Well, the, you started to answer my last question. I know that the, so you've got your book, the, um, you know, so many of the guys that you got to share more of your story with. So, and you guys need to go research Don a little bit because what we got to talk about today was his first business, right? But one of the keys that he was able to do was take this business as an agent and start hiring people to grow this brokerage. And the, and what I've been telling everybody for the last year, for the last 18 months is you got to have a backup plan. I don't want any of our listeners to just be agents. I mean, being an agent is busy. It's a full-time job. You guys are entrepreneurs, but you have to figure out how to leverage that to become an investor or maybe become a business owner or have these other things going for you and working. And Don has turned that from just a brokerage into so much more. So your book is about scaling. Your book is about how you essentially started as an agent and now you have all of these companies that are doing so many different things and you're doing all these loans and investments. You just closed one of the biggest, like what's this, there's a huge deal you guys just closed, right? Yeah, we did. We just closed uh, yet. The press went out yesterday on it, um, but we closed a few days ago, a $585 million acquisition, 4,000 plus partners, apartments across six states, 21 apartment communities. We did that with one of our partners and that we, we help implement our lead execution system. We help put the, the, the systems in place from our book and we help them scale both in terms of helping grow the internal of their company, but then also providing them with debt and equity in order to capitalize these transactions. So the so Don Winter's story, the how it's starting as a guy selling alarms to a guy selling houses to uh, doing $500 million transaction, 4,000 apartment deals. So the so show your book one more time. So it's like building a so building, building an organization. organization, the blueprint to scaling. They're going to find that on Amazon. Is there a, so now how should people reach out to you if they want to know more? Do you have like the, a landing page with any, any of this other yeah. stuff? Should they, you know, what's, what's the best way for people to learn more? Absolutely. So on the book, you know, itself, yeah, you can get it on Amazon, Audible, Libro, which is an Audible alternative. I actually recorded the Audible uh, version, the audio version myself. And, and I know that's how I listen to books. I listen to a lot of books, a hard time reading the, the hard copies. This is one that if you like it, you're going to want a hard copy because it's 
it's it's tactical to, tactical details that you're going to want to be able to you know be highlighting things and putting things into action. Um, but to learn more about the book, including um, we we do these big three day events similar to the the Go Abundance events, um, where we dig deep into helping people put these systems in place and scale their business. We help a lot of top real estate teams move into launching funds and building portfolios and so forth. Um, we do these big events. So two places I'll send you to go to outside of, you know, Audible or Amazon. One, you can go to dlpelite.com, dlpelite.com. You can get a copy of the book there, the elite journal that goes along with it, a self-journal. Hal Elrod says the best one he's ever come across, um, and he uses it. Uh, he uh, actually wrote the foreword to my book, a fellow Go Abundance member, awesome guy, author of Miracle Morning. Uh, so dlpelite.com. And then you can go to our main uh, company website to learn more about it is dlpcapital.com. And if you click slash events or click the events button, you can see all of our upcoming events. We got a big one coming up November 11th to the 14th here in St. Augustine. We'll have uh, hundreds of, of investors and uh, high-level operators, probably 30, 40 Go Abundance members will be there. Um, we'll be focusing on scaling businesses. So dlpelite.com and dlpcapital.com. In November is the best time to go hang out in St. Augustine. I forgot that Hal, Hal wrote your forward. I was talking to Hal right before we started our recording. So the uh, so it's always a, a small world. Don, the thank you for coming on. We'll also add all those links and stuff in the show notes afterward. But it was a lot of fun getting to chat with you again today. And awesome. uh, Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening. Pleasure. Thank you. All right, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully, you guys loved listening to that one, and I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have, and also, we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free, but what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.